Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy back again with another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups with Super Producer Alex. How are you? We got to change the name here. It's it's Truth, Lies, and Super Producer Alex. Nah, because you know what? That is synonymous. Like Cover-Ups and Alex, that is your MO. Because, you know, we've we've talked uh, over the last few I'm weeks. digesting that, and I just, I'm, I'm not coming up with anything that I had to cover up pretty that much you might have known about most so meaning your, i got away with it there's no way your, you knew most of your activities at your house i <laughs> i and, and 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 they are so normal to you that they that they do not seem <laughs> cover up worthy however if all right if, just give me one example of my normal activities that are cover up worthy because i don't think you got it well i will tell you one here is one and that is that from time to time at certain times of the year I bake you pies, right? I, I'm not familiar with this. You are familiar. And then, and I get then, a Tracy pie. Yes, I get yes. an apple Tracy pie. Yeah, and the other day, cherry, which was yeah. great because I actually picked the cherries myself. And mm-hmm. then you will return the pie plate because I always give you a nice pie plate. And, um, and you want me to believe that it is clean. I even returned it to you, like all those pieces of the broken one. I think I returned to you. I, I scrupulously had to find all those broken pieces to right, return but, to you. But the ones, the and ones I cleaned that, each one of those pieces before I returned it to you. The ones that are whole, when I get the pie plate back intact, I cleaned that one with a pressure washer. It was so clean. There was, I mean, I was washing glass off of it. Exactly. Pressure washing is not clean. And I've it, seen it's so incredibly clean. I've seen what goes on over at your house because the other favorite tool that you clean with that is part of your cover up that you run on a daily basis is that you clean your house with a leaf blower. I've seen it. Okay. So Hand since you're going to call me out on this, you just operated. pipe right down. Let me just get right down to the metrics of this. The three greatest inventions of man, or I should say mankind. Mm-hmm. The first is the pressure washer. The second is the leaf blower. Mm-hmm. we're right up there. I mean, those are the first two on the list and you can't tell me not to use them because they're so incredibly valuable. I, I can't tell you how much time I save with this. I didn't tell you not to use them. I told you to quit telling me that you're not using them. That is a cover up, and that, <laughs> and, that, and that I'm, I'm smart. I'm smart. And I know this and um, SMRT smart Tracy. SMRT. Yes. I can't and believe you didn't ask me what the third most uh, valuable thing. I know what it is. It's duct tape. Oh, what? Yoga pants. Tell me you're not wearing yoga pants. Okay. I'm not wearing yoga pants. I didn't see you go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You won. I thought I was going to come in over the top there with a, with a little oblique comment, but no, you turned oh. it around on me mm-hmm. or maybe the first time ever with a more <laughs> witty comment. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> Usually what you do is you just turn what I say around on me and pretend the language is yours and it doesn't work at all. That's why I always win. <laughs> but no, you may have actually won that round. I'm going to have to give you a point on that one. Well, I'll tell you, you want to know who wins who? is our guest today. Who are we talking to today? 
Amanda Joe. Amanda Joe. Amanda Joe Irvin. We can call her Joe. Yeah. She so she does the thing with the uh, whistleblowers and tattletales. Well, she goes in and busts people. She busts hundreds of thousands of dollars of fraud. And where's this fraud come from and how does she catch them? Denver. It's in Denver. It's here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's gonna tell us about her biggest stories and how um how she caught these people. Hmm. It's okay. She's an auditor. She you think auditors are boring? <laughs> no, you don't want to see her coming. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Uh, so didn't she write a book or something? Yeah, she wrote a book, uh, The Everyday Ethicist. And hmm. she has she has this quiz you can take to find out if you're ethical or not. And I can tell you you would fail it. I, you don't know that. Yeah, I do. I can cheat better than anybody. <laughs> You're going to cheat on the ethics quiz. You see, Well, absolutely I would. I mean, it's, pretty, it's like asking to be cheated on at that point. It's just uh-huh. a challenge. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What am I going to do with you? I know. It's time for the crime report. So this one is not, it's not going to be a jaw dropper as much as it is kind of a, what on earth are they thinking? And this in regards to Lisbon, Portugal. So uh, there, there's a new head of the Portuguese Catholic Church committee on child sex abuse mm. out there in Lisbon, Portugal. And they have put together a, a you know, crack blue ribbon team to investigate um, church sex abuse. However, they have encouraged victims to come forward and work with them, but they're stressing that his group's task force, the purpose is to study what's happened, not launch formal investigations. That's like those uh, security monitors. That just <laughs> jumped out at me as, okay, what are they going to study about this? I mean, it, it almost sounds like what they're going to do is just sit there in a room uh, with one of those little counters in their hand, like the little push the, you know, you yeah. push your thumb down and it mm-hmm, counts another mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you'd use at a nightclub counting people coming in. And I think they're just going to count the number of people that come in and say, yeah, happened to me. Okay. That's what gotcha. it sounds like. Well, I, mean, I don't know what else you'd study with that unless they're getting into the intrinsics of it, which seems ridiculous. But uh, yeah, that just that jumped out at me that they're only going to study what's happened, but they're not going to launch any formal investigations. That is disappointing. And why all this is happening at church is even more disappointing. And um, oh, yeah. Whole different ballgame there. Yeah. Oh, different ballgame. Um, yeah, I don't even want to get started on that one to tell you the truth, but we're already uh, started, but we're going to stop because I don't want to talk about it. And, uh, you know, you know, who, uh, could go in and find all of that, uh, problem at the church, Amanda Joe. Amanda Joe could find it. Um, I, I, did I tell you about the, uh, Christmas present that I'm going to give to Amanda Joe? You're going to give it to Amanda Joe? No. What is it? It is a combination brass knuckle slash slingshot. That's what she needs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, uh-huh. she's going to need that when she's out busting, busting fraud. You have to have a weapon with you. So it is, it's brass knuckles. And then on the top of it is a little Y-shaped yoke thing that you yeah, screw onto the top. And it has a slingshot attached to it. So, I mean, that's what everybody needs is a slingshot slash brass knuckles. Get, get two of them. And uh, I'll give the other one to my nephew. It's perfect. You, as usual, you were the perfect aunt. That would make my sister-in-law about as happy Love you as, even as more. if I gave him a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> do they allow you to be alone with the children or you still require supervision? Uh, no, uh, I can, I can uh, do that. I've, I've moved up. The kids are older. They've yeah, decided well, I, I won't kill them. Give them a drum set and a brass knuckle slingshot. And we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tracy, I, I think it's, 
think it's probably time for you to go home now. Thanks for coming for the holidays, but you know, Christmas was three hours ago. It's time for you to go home. I'm the coolest aunt ever. That's the you, thing. You That's get what out, they don't you know, want to admit. On the 25th, like in that afternoon, so you missed the traffic on the 26th. You think I got kicked out of my brother's house for the yeah, gift? Yeah, I think that's what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I probably you know, would. Have yourself some cheese grits and some sweet potato pie, and let's just get you out of here. <laughs> probably right. <laughs> Thanks but... for the drum set. We love you, Tracy. Go away. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, people can try to kick Amanda Joe out, but she, she ain't going nowhere. So let's, um, let, let's get on and hear what she has to say. Let's do it. Let's get there. All right, Amanda, Joe, Irvin, welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I am thrilled that you took the time to, to come on and chat with us. Uh, I am, I, you know, I know we're not supposed to say I'm honored to be here, but I am honored to be here because <laughs> I have listened to your podcast and your guests, and I don't know quite know how I made it on your show, so thank you. Here's how you made it on the show, because I know you, and um. <laughs> And I actually, until the other day, I did not know you were an auditor. So, um, uh, because we know each other from the National Speakers Association and um, you were almost an extra in my TV pilot. You were almost yeah. a bartender, but I don't know how that worked out, but you weren't the bartender. I know. Well, you found you found an expert bartender. I've only done that for like a year of my life. So it's probably better that you found an expert. I'm better. I'll stick with auditing. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she was a professional bartender. She still is a professional bartender. And you know what? She brought out all the top shelf liquor for us and we put it like behind the bar. So anyway, that was, that was really good. So, uh, okay. So Amanda Joe is your official name. We're going to call you Joe. So um, you're, you're an auditor. And, and I asked you, I was like, okay, how, uh, like, do you have any stories that are super interesting? And, um, and then that's when I got the four page report from you <laughs> on, on all of these people that you've busted. So like, I'm wondering if you give me a four page report, like, did anybody escape your wrath? Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, now this is why I, I labeled it. Are these the top 13 frauds of my unlucky or lucky audit career? Because, I think us auditors, we have that reputation of being the bad cop, the gotcha. Yeah, totally. And, you know, my whole life, you know, really has been around trying to turn around that perception. I don't want us to just be the bad cop. Um, but as I'm putting this together, I'm like, wow, have I had a really good career or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get started auditing? Like, why was, I mean, did you wake up one day and like, I want to be an auditor? Like, no one says that. Like, no what is going on? Like, you're super right. fun. I don't get it. Tell me. Okay. So, um, so I went to the university of Georgia, which right now, uh, they're like number one in football. So now everybody wants to be a, a bulldog. So not anyway. me, not me. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. a, I, if I have, if I'm not a CU fan, I'm a hog fan. So, okay. you know, All the right. sec thing. Yeah. You know, okay. We won't yeah. talk about that. We'll we move on. Talk about it. But, uh, I, I majored in accounting, got my graduate degree in accounting, master's in accounting. And when I was in school, you had to pick between audit and tax when you were in that last year. Oh. And I am the CPA that doesn't even do her own taxes. So oh, if that tells you anything, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand you at all. So that's the thing. It's, you know, usually if you say you're a CPA, people are, will start either two questions, either you work for the IRS or 
can you help me with this tax problem? And I'm like, neither of those things. And I think, you know, a lot of the world that's not, doesn't know much about audit, doesn't understand even really what that path looks like. And I didn't either. So you were absolutely correct. I did not wake up one day and say I wanted to be an auditor. I feel like, you know, I had to pick it and audit was the lesser of the two evils to me. So that's, that's where I went. Uh, And I, I started 17 years ago in public accounting. So external audit. So basically, you know, auditing financial statements Mm -hmm. and my favorite, one of my favorite fraud stories on my four page document is from that first audit corporate America career. So, oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about it. What happened? Okay. All right. So, you know, imagine you're just, I mean, fresh out of school, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're on this really big, it was a, a public oil and gas company. And can you say you, who it was? Um, probably not. Probably I'm going to not. Okay. Probably okay. Not. But it's one of the big, like three or four of them. It's, um, it's actually, let's see, how do I, it, it's more of a pipeline transportation. So not like, we're not talking like the BPs of the world. We're okay. talking about um, kind of transportation of gas. So I'll leave it at that. Trans- okay. Um, wait. So wait, wait, does it rhyme yeah. with anything? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to be tricky like that. Um, let's just say it probably wouldn't be hard to figure out. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway. All right. Okay. okay. So you, you're auditing, your job is to audit financial statements Mm -hmm. and you get support for that. And I will never forget the accounting director coming in and, and, and giving me a spreadsheet. She emailed it to me, but then she came in and she always used to kind of come in and hover over our, uh, our auditors, which is kind Mm -hmm. of like a red flag in of itself. It's like, she wanted to know what we were doing. Uh Well, we started noticing that the numbers didn't agree. Like they just didn't even add up. And so it didn't take much, but what she had done was hidden cells and columns and essentially plugged numbers to make the numbers match the financial statements and then hid those plug columns. And so this is my, I call this the plug fraud Uh Uh, because literally the people who worked at this company couldn't even figure out how to tie out their own financial statements. So it was, it was a disaster of a client. My first you know, public accounting client, and they were not a client of the firm I worked for for very long after that. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Ended up kind of stepping off the engagement eventually. So just, you know, for me, fresh out of school to just be lied to right off the bat Uh and just, you know, I I think it really was an eye opener for me because I would have told you naively that that would never happen. Uh And it, it happens every day. Wow. Okay. So then did you ever figure out like what she was thinking or where the money went or any, like what, I know, you know, some stuff. Well, it's just the bottom line is they were horrible. You know, I want to say like this one probably doesn't, it's on the border of fraud, right? Because they just didn't know. They didn't have the support for the revenue that they were getting. They Mm -hmm. had lost invoices and, you know, just, they were just so disorganized that it looked like fraud, they had to kind of cover up their disorganization. Uh-huh. So it, it kind of became, um, I don't know, it was just their way of dealing with it. How do we just get rid of the auditors? That's that's a lot of people's mindset. Let's just oh, yeah. give them something that ties out so that they're happy and they move on. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of companies out there that still, still do that. I mean, Wirecard, huge German fintech fraud this past year was basically the same thing. They were trying to pull one over on the auditors fake in revenue, you know, didn't have money uh-huh. sitting in an offshore account. So anyway, it just, it, it's continually happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So do you think it was just sloppiness or was, or was something up? 
I think it was sloppiness turned into how do we cover up our sloppiness? Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's, that's my, that's my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, I do know that person didn't work there for very long oh. um, after that. Uh-huh. So, you know, the typical, you know, I think I told you what's crazy is I don't think auditors think of themselves as whistleblowers. But that's kind of, I mean, that's what we are, you know, well, we, let's, we are there, let's, so. let's talk about yeah. whistleblowers for a little bit because, yeah. um, I had, uh, and there's an interview, um, I don't know where it'll be just before or just after yours, but, um, she, she, uh, Kelly, um, Kelly, uh, Richmond Pope. Yes. And, uh, do you know her? Yes. Yeah. 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 All She's, the Queen's horses. Yeah. Yeah. All the Queen's horses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to talking to her and, um, she has a big TED talk on, on whistleblowers mm-hmm. and how it basically like wrecks your life. So right. like, why would you want to put yourself in harm's way? I mean, besides mm-hmm. it, I guess it's your job like to do that, but like, uh, could there be any like repercussions on? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think that there have, there definitely have been auditors. I mean, if you think of um, WorldCom and I'm going to forget her name. I mean, she was the head of the audit department uh, Mm -hmm. and she still talks about it. I mean, she was essentially the whistleblower. And so um, I think that there definitely can be repercussions. I think that auditors, you know, I always say like, I know myself, I've been a tattletale since birth. So I am like, (laughs) I am like one of those. In fact, that's like the opening of my ethics book is like, Uh It's the introduction to the tattletale because it, this is, I, I guess, maybe in some way I was meant to be an auditor, uh-huh. uh, but you have to have the courage to speak up, obviously. And if you're going to, I mean, audit's a hard position. You're never liked, no. you know, you, you're the the one pointing out the errors most of the mm-hmm. time. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that why do we choose to do it? Is that the ultimate question? I'm yeah. Just yeah. Why would you put yourself in this like position? Do you have, would, right. you, would you say you have like a moral compass about you that a lot of people don't, or like, do you cheat on anything? Like, I mean, <laughs> no, no. In fact, so, I mean, my book is called becoming the everyday ethicist. So if that tells you anything, okay. I, right. am, I am all about that. The little things matter. And our everyday actions add up. And so who do you want to wake up and be every day? Mm -hmm. I write about the three character choices we we all have in life. So, you know, I guess looking back, you know, hindsight, maybe this was the career map for me because I I just, I think that we do, everyone knows right and wrong. Uh And it's a matter of, are you going to have the courage to do the right thing? And now, now, what are the three things that you talked about? The three Character choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first one is the big me. So that is the I'm going to do what's ever best for me, no matter whether that's ethical or not. So it is the very self view mm-hmm. of ethics. Okay. Uh, the second one is the ethical rationalizer, which is where majority of society lives. We rationalize our behavior. We have those blind spots to our ethics. We say oh, totally. things like. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew it was wrong, but my boss told me to do it, you uh-huh. know? So that's right. That's most of us live. And then the third one, of course, is the everyday ethicist where, you know, we think about our integrity, no matter the cost, we go back into the store, even if it was two bucks, we're going to pay for it. If, uh-huh. you know, if it got missed. Uh, and I say, this is my favorite thing to say that the everyday ethicist lives by the motto. Silence is not golden. Oh, interesting. They, we speak up, we, we point out what we see. We don't, you know, we hold others accountable for their behavior. And I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of ways, I think that's, that's the role of an auditor. That's Uh our job. 
Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, do you have like a quiz in your book people can take to figure out where, where they land or are they just supposed to know? Well, I have, um, so I've, I've got several things. I have what I call the everyday ethicist contract. So mm-hmm. are you going to live by all of these things and think oh. about them? And then I also have, um, Joe's ethics test. So there are five things that you can literally, and I blogged about it. It's not in the okay. book. It's going to be in the workbook, Okay. but it is, you know, think about these five things. Mm-hmm. When you're making a decision and if it fails one of the five things, then you have your, your decision, but you know, that's really for people that say ethics is a gray area. Uh And, you know, I, I try to say, you know, no, you know, if it fails one of these five things, it's black and white, it's the wrong thing to do. So anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, okay. Other fraud stories. Yes. What, what okay. are some of your favorite ones on the four page report? On the four page report. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I say, because I'm all about, so here's the thing. So I, I've already said that I put 13 on the four page report for yeah. you. And there were seven that were found by a tip and there were six that were found by us as okay. auditors. And so okay. I wanted to make that, you know, kind of clear because most frauds, I mean, they come from tips from people, Mm -hmm. but there are things that auditors can do. So one of my favorites was there's this standard thing that auditors tend to do, which is look at employee files, like records, like Mm -hmm. um, addresses, phone Mm -hmm. numbers, bank accounts to vendors, Mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that there's no, you know, fraudulent vendors, employees are setting up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, one year we decided, hey, let's take that a step further. And then let's look at employee emergency contacts as well. And so this broadened the scope of this search from just checking employees to checking any family member, any friend that this person has listed. And this one check that we did popped two of the frauds that are actually on my list. Really? Yes. Okay. Tell, tell us, tell me. me. Okay. So the first one was essentially a, a significant other, we'll say a boy, it was a boyfriend at the time of an employee that happened to be an emergency contact. The company had been using him as a vendor for the company, which, you know, might be completely legitimate. Okay. What kind of company? Wait, what kind of company? It was a sign, sign company, like a sign manufacturer. Okay. And we had shelled out hundreds of thousands of dollars to this sign manufacturer mm-hmm. with very little to show for it. Uh-huh. And no signs. Employee, you know, very little signs, like very, very like, um, what are those like roll up ones, you know, but it would have looked like we were buying like signs for the outside of the building, like oh. more substantial. But okay. anyway, she worked in marketing and essentially she wasn't going through the process, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have policies for a reason. We need to do RFPs, yep. you know, requests for proposals for vendors. There are limits, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously none of that was being followed. Right. And you know what, I guess what got me about this one was the, the person in marketing just said, you know, I don't make enough. I wanted to, you know, we lived together, her and her boyfriend, and this Uh was my way of kind of sticking it to the company. And it was Uh so funny to me because how freely she admitted and rationalized her behavior. So did you sit her? Okay. So let's, let's, let's back this up a little bit. So you do this double check against the emergency Mm -hmm. contacts and everything. And all of a sudden you get a match. 
Yes. And, and so then what happens? You go like, uh, is there like a team of you, you go in in the black suits with the, with the briefcase, <laughs> like, like what happens? What really happens? Right. It was, I mean, you, you definitely have to tread lightly, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't, you, you can't accuse them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So it, it starts as a conversation. It does not mm-hmm. start as an investigation. And I think this one was so, um, I want to say easily uncovered because she mm-hmm. admitted right away. So what did you, uh, you, you just like, like you went in, you sit down and you're yeah. like, Hey, looks like, I mean, like, like what yeah. happened? That is, that is, you bring in the legal department to come okay. with you, somebody with you. So usually you have like they, okay, here, they call us the unholy Trinity and companies okay. it's legal HR and audit. So okay. that's who you bring to the table. Right. And you, you discuss kind of what you found. You always have the facts down. Um, and you start out with, the policy that was broken, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't start out with with the, you know, the, the I would say the big fraud and then maybe mm-hmm. that she's getting a kickback from her boyfriend for him getting this business. Right. You uh-huh. start with, you know, you didn't you didn't follow this policy. You know, you're supposed to look for the vendor with the right cost. You're supposed to do an RFP process every year. He's been our vendor for, you know, seven years. Mm-hmm. We've never followed the process. And so you kind of start with that. It's very factual. Mm-hmm. And we knew you broke, you broke the policy. Like that's, that's part number one. And I feel like then it, and then it goes from there. And then the admission. Comes what did out. she say? So you sit down, you yeah. have your team yeah, and you're like, you broke the policy. This yeah. guy's been doing it for seven years. And then you, you go, well, like what, what, where did exactly, where did the conversation go? <laughs> well, you, when you say like, cause I think I remember specifically the question, like, how did you find this? And that's always, cause you don't want to give up your secrets either, mm-hmm. but you know, in this one, to me, it was such an aha moment. Like, why haven't we been doing this for years? Because nobody's going to set up a bank account and use their own bank account. They're going to use. Mm-hmm you know, somebody that's close to them, most likely. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we, you know, we told her, you know, so-and-so is your emergency contact, you know, is also a vendor. We check that and we need to make sure it's a legitimate vendor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so that's kind of, I mean, how the conversation went. I think, you know, in this one, she was very professional. She was very understanding. I mean, her first question is, am I going to lose my job? Uh-huh. Um, but the reason I say this one is so interesting is because this wasn't the only thing she was doing. Oh, so everything started coming out because she also, I mentioned she was in marketing. We also started doing a little bit of investigation of her mm-hmm. and we found that she had her own side marketing business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this all stemmed from this one other one that we found. Uh-huh. So we were like, okay, let's, let's look into her a little bit and just see, well, she had set up her own website Mm-hmm. And she would, she would talk to us about it and show it to us. And it had proprietary documentation on it from our company that she was kind of sending to prospective clients saying, Hey, look at the fantastic marketing material I can do, uh-huh. but it would be for new products that we hadn't launched yet. Uh-huh. It would be, you know, and, and so I think with her, it was, she didn't really think she was doing anything that bad. Uh-huh. And I think that's what gets me about some of these. Cause you know, I'd never put this list together because I didn't think they were like huge draw drop, dropping fraud. Uh-huh. And so I think, but the more I thought about them, I'm like, this really just shows how society has become a little bit numb uh-huh. to their behavior. And she didn't really think she was doing anything all that wrong. And so it, anyway, it, it all came out. She was very professional. She kind of word vomited <laughs> everything that she had so been she doing just gave it point. up right away gave it up 
gave it up right away. So this was one of the more, I'd say, if there is an easy one, mm-hmm. this was, this was par- fairly simple because she just told us everything. Now, how much money do you think, uh, got siphoned out? I would say, I mean, it's, it totally would be, I mean, I put it in the hundreds of thousands just because of the sign, uh-huh. that, you know, business that probably we could have gotten lots better deals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe call it $500,000 that, uh-huh. you know, maybe the company lost, which in, in, you know, in terms of real life, that's peons where I was uh-huh. working. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's little things like that though, that can really add up if you got 10 people at your company doing it uh-huh. and, you, and nobody's following the policy uh-huh. and nobody's getting, you know, vendors and everybody's using re- related party vendors and all uh-huh. that. So, you know, I think this is to me why auditors are there. Mm-hmm. They're the, you know, people think policies are you know stupid and we don't want to follow them and we should be able to use what vendor we want, but they're there to protect the company mm-hmm. and the company's assets. And that's ultimately, you know, we did our job that day, mm-hmm. whether it, you know, where I come from, we didn't quantify a lot. So that is, that was kind of the harder part for me to put this document together for you, honestly, is the quantification of the, the numbers. Well, there, the thing about the numbers is that sometimes it, it's like, how much do you want to spend to find out how much you really lost, you know, and, and, and it kind of baffles me. Cause like, if you haven't missed it up to now, like, I mean, you know, like, um, and that's, that, you know, that just shows the number, the volume that a lot of people are doing, you know, which is great to have a nice big company, but the bigger it gets, the more control you, you lose. Right. Mm, so, yes. so she lost her job. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now, very easily. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it had been just the one, um, infraction there with the boyfriend and the sign. Now, did he make signs mm-hmm. at all? Yes. Yes. So it was a legitimate company. It just okay. wasn't the one we should have been using. So okay. yeah, different so there. Yeah. Do you think she would have lost her job just for that? You know, probably not mm-hmm. because I think that companies overlook so much. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's one thing I, there's a whole chapter in my book on unethical organizations and, you know, people, people are not held accountable these mm-hmm. days, standards of conduct, codes of ethical conduct, they're not enforced. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the major problems within some of these scandals that we see in the news. And mm-hmm. we just kind of allow these people free passes. So well, I, and my gut, I would say no, but. Wow. So, yeah. but the higher up people are typically the less chance they have of losing their job. Isn't that interesting? Yes, like, absolutely. That is just fascinating to me. Why do you think that is? Um, Maybe, uh, you know, I think one of the hot topics and risks today is succession planning. And I think oh. every company is hugely scared of, you know, even what's happened in the last two years now, almost with our uh-huh. pandemic. Yeah. We're losing good people. So do we just want to keep the people we have? And, you know, I, I think I think in, in some regards, that's always been a fear mm-hmm. is you know, the, the resources, like you said, the cost to train somebody new and, mm-hmm. you know, was what they did really that bad. And there's right. rationalization going on in companies every day mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is the lesser of evils out there. I mean, we could have hired somebody worse, you know, they just, they do, they constantly mm-hmm. rationalize too. Wow. Now, have you seen that show on HBO succession succession? <gasps> well, okay. So I just started watching it. I, so no spoilers. Oh, well, I've only watched episode one and I'm like, do I want to spend another hour on episode two? I don't know. I know. Do you think it's worth it? 
I I think so. I don't know. I think that because that one is the one that has a ton of seasons, right? Is that I the think, one? I, I think they're on like four right now. Okay. All right. So I think behind. I'm thinking about billions instead. Oh, that one oh okay. Okay. A lot of seasons. Anyway, um, I don't I don't know. I would I love those shows. So yeah, I would, wonder, I would, it, it seems a little complex for what they're trying to do, which, you know, families are complex in business and things, but um, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I want to jumble my brain that much <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, okay. so other fraud stories that you've busted, I know you got a bunch of them. Okay. So um, the biggest one I'd say in the millions mm-hmm. that took place Ooh. over again, about six to seven years uh-huh. was it was from a tip. So uh-huh. it was, essentially a financial services company. So Mm -hmm. think about not a bank, but think about 401ks, retirement, Mm -hmm. um, annuities, life insurance, those kind of products. Mm -hmm. And what happened was somebody worked in the annuity death claim department. So somebody dies and your annuity stops when you die. So that's kind of how these products work. Okay. Well, this gal had way too much power in her. So Uh we'll talk about like no segregation of duties. Mm -hmm. What she figured out was she could essentially not put in the system that this person had died when she found out and continue, change the address and continue the annuity payments to herself. Oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) We're talking, we're talking, she did this with a lot of people over Uh a lot of years. Uh And until we essentially got that tip, And it came, actually, this one came from outside the organization because of a statement. So here's what else she didn't do. So you would get annual statements Mm -hmm. for how much annuities you've been paid out for the year. Uh And she would change those addresses to herself too. But that was a different place. She had to remember to do that. And on one of hers, she forgot to do that. That's always what happens. Yeah. It's like one thing. Yep. They forgot. They, they got too much going on, right? It gets too uh-huh. big. Uh-huh. They get too big for their britches. Uh-huh. And, you know, it starts with one. It ends up 10, ends up, you know, 25. Uh-huh. And you forget to change one address, one place. The customer essentially got the statement going, I, the person died. My husband died. And uh-huh. we didn't get any of these payments. And so, obviously... Aha! Uh-huh. Investigation finds all the things that she's changed. So, so, so you went in there and like, how did that go? So this one, I mean, really, it was about you know, there was well, it was a lot of uncovering. She did change some to her own address, but then I think she started getting nervous that we would find her. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. she started changing it to family members and other people as well. Now this was long before we had started looking at like emergency contacts or anything. Uh-huh. In fact, this was pretty early on, even in my audit career where, you know, we didn't, I mean, clearly there was no segregation of duties even. Uh-huh. And the person now who does a, can touch a disbursement, you know, can't change an address. And, uh-huh. and so like very simple things, should have been happening back then that weren't. So, uh-huh. I mean, you've probably heard auditors talk about controls all the oh, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, controls and the whole bit. Yeah. yeah. Banks. Yeah. So that's, that, that was really the source. And once we figured out everyone she was connected to, uh-huh. um, it did take a lot of time, um, but she fessed up to, to all of it. So eventually, like, eventually. so, so you have this mm-hmm. initial conversation and what's that like? Like, so you take your, your holy, unholy Trinity, and, yeah. and, here, and here you come and she doesn't know what's going on. And then like, how does that go? Like what happened? This one was, um, this one was, I would say this was way more serious than uh-huh. the last one. Right. So this was 
you know, computer, like this was brought in law enforcement. This was kind of bigger. This was oh. not like, we're going to set you down and have, so yes, unholy Trinity, probably at the beginning. Um, but this one law enforcement got involved pretty quick. Uh, and I want to say even FBI, and this was, gosh, this was like 13 years ago. Yeah. Now. I bet across state yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that's just it because of the reach of the people who uh-huh. supposedly died and, uh-huh. you know, she was taking their money. It, it was pretty w- widespread that one. Wow. Now, yeah. um, did, did we all able to recoup any, you know what? Yeah. I was going to look that up and I didn't, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think if any, it wasn't a lot, uh-huh. but I, I could find that out for you. I should know that. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll find out. Well, I'll get back to you since we're we're pals. I'll email you. Oh yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Okay. So let's talk about what are you doing now mm-hmm. and, and how can people find you and get your book and that whole thing? Yeah. I, so I quickly moved from external audit to internal audit. So most of these frauds are when I was working for a company or my clients that I'm now kind of an outsourced internal audit Mm -hmm. function for. Um, so about three and a half years ago, I had had enough of corporate America. So I started my own company. Okay. And I, you know, I think the goal for me was to really start, you know, taking this list, telling people about this list. I told you, you know, I use these stories all the time when I'm doing trainings Mm -hmm. because I want auditors to start. I, we all call it auditing culture Mm -hmm. because I think if we start auditing the ethics and the culture, we're going to stop some of these frauds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I use a lot of these as you don't want it to get this bad or this. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, three and a half years ago, I started really just teaching and training. I teach at the higher education level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I love trying to influence students. Okay. So you're teaching college. Okay. Yep, teaching what college, college can you say? MSU Denver. Oh, okay. right now. oh yeah. I like, I'm they're getting, awesome down there. Yeah. I'm getting ready to teach my first MBA course oh, in January. Fancy. So I get to go up a level here. Fancy. fancy yes. Fancy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, right now I basically, I give CPE credits. Mm-hmm. to auditors mostly that IIA chapters, ACFE chapters, love them and mm-hmm. love just saying, here's how you can get involved in ethics early on and try mm-hmm. to keep your companies off the front of the page of the paper. Oh um, man. Yeah. That's, that's my goal in life. And I, you know, I always say, I said at the very beginning, when we started talking, auditors are usually bad cops mm-hmm. and I want to change the perception from a cop to a crossing guard. I want mm-hmm. you to be you know, help your organizations get better, get from point A to point B, stop just going to point B and pointing out what they're doing wrong. Uh-huh. And, and that's my goal. And so honestly, I spend my days and nights thinking about how auditors can do that. So, uh-huh. oh, wow. It. Yeah. Cool. Okay. How can people find you? Um, I'd say LinkedIn, number one place. Okay. So LinkedIn, Amanda, Joe Irvin, Joe's in quotes on mm-hmm. there. Um, and my website is auditconsultingeducation.com. So cool. those are the three things I do. And that's, uh, the name of my company. So, well, I gotta tell you, I'd be scared if I saw you coming now that, <laughs> now that we've talked a little bit. So thanks for coming on truth, lies and cover-ups. Yeah. We know you're going to find, uh, all of those things yeah. <laughs> you're out there. All right. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.